0: I'm gonna introduce the speaker for today. His name is Pastor Mike Terugiano. Um He's been married for 50 years. Um, he has grandchildren, but he also has great-grandchildren. I think a lot of his Christian life uh, from reading through um, his biography uh, was centered in Brooklyn. So in the 1970s, he really met Christ and started taking his faith seriously. And then he, I think, received I'm not sure, a special training or a special calling or a special kind of meeting with uh, the vineyard ministry. And from there, he kind of got a vision for church planting and started planting churches. Um, right now, he's doing a ministry called Main and Plain, which is using a lot of his experience, a lot of the gifting that he has to disciple and encourage church leaders. So I'm really excited to have him come up, but just more on terms of like a symbolic level. I'm not sure how you feel about like cycles in history or anything like that, but right before the pandemic started, the last thing we were about to do was have a retreat and we were gonna go away and talk about the spirit and Pastor Mike was supposed to come. And then the pandemic hit, we had to cancel. And then uh, Pastor Sam went on a sabbatical and he's coming back within four weeks. And Pastor Mike is gonna be with us for the next four weeks, taking us through some of those things that he was going to take us through back when the pandemic started. And I'm hoping it's a good symbolic thing of this thing is getting over with, or we're moving into the next phase, or we're starting to deal with this from a spiritual level and getting set up for all the things that are coming next. So with that, I'd like to ask Pastor Mike to come up and just uh, give him a warm round of applause as he comes.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. That's great. Uh, Allowing me to share with you this morning, Pastor Samuel, if you're watching, I hope you're relaxing this morning, getting rest. Um, yeah, as Fred was uh, introducing me, uh, I, my wife and I, my wife, Char, um, we pastored here in New York City for over uh, a little over 38 years. We pastored in the Upper West Side, uh, near Columbia University, and then we pastored in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. And then the Lord, after 38 years, uh, the Lord gave us a new assignment, so to speak, and that was to give away and to care for um, pastors. And so that's what we've been doing uh, for the last six, seven years, is uh, taking, you know, caring for pastors and um, helping churches. That's how I met Pastor Samuel, you know, Uh, and so now we're here this morning. And, you know, I'd like to start with just a word of prayer before I get into my first talk. But Lord, I thank you for this morning, that we can be here in this place, and you're here to meet with us in this building, in this neighborhood. Where can we go where your spirit is not present? And so this morning, as we abide in your presence, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will just uh, release your spirit, Lord. Uh, Teach, you be our teacher, you be our equipper, you be our encourager. Make your word this morning, bring it to life in us. I ask this in Jesus' strong, powerful name. Amen. Well, this morning I want to uh, start a series of talks on the on the Holy Spirit empowered uh, life, and about the good and beautiful life that uh, comes along with learning how to live each day in in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Um, And you'll hear me repeat this idea over and over again. But this life that we're talking about, this spirit-empowered living, is only possible by imitating the way Jesus himself lived his life out during his time here on earth. You know, much of human development is about adding to ourselves and building ourselves up, right? So when most of us think uh, about spiritual growth and becoming uh, spirit-filled and spirit-empowered people, We exert a lot of energy in order to grow and become more. You know, as a young Christian, uh, I believe that if, kind of like in my mind, it was like being a bodybuilder, you know, if uh, if I hit the gym every day, I worked hard, at the spiritual disciplines. I could build myself up. I could make myself more and more spiritually strong by just sheer dedication and effort. But I've since discovered that spirit-filled living is, it just doesn't work quite that way. It's not the same as becoming uh, good at playing tennis or becoming expert at playing the piano. So while I certainly certainly uh, benefited from all those disciplines, it fell short. And after years it left me tired And sometimes even bored and feeling guilty, I wasn't doing enough. You know, we pastors, we send you out with new skills to develop, new ideas to comprehend. Each week, we send you home with new experiences to have, new knowledge to gain, new steps to take to become more. And these are good, but there's something else that is needed, and that's what I want to talk about. Whenever we we speak of spiritual growth and advancement in the things of the spirit, we tend to think of upward movement, up, That's the direction that everybody wants to go. It seems to be the natural pathway to progress and success. Well, maybe, but not in God's kingdom. See? In our development as disciples of Christ, there's a downward movement. Uh, a becoming less, an emptying of ourselves is required. The way up, the way to growth and maturity is the way down. It's paradoxical. It's the upside-down kingdom. In order to find life, there must be a surrender. To be filled, we must be emptied. We must travel the the downward path, the same downward path that Jesus traveled, of self denial. It's not optional. It's actually the demand of the kingdom. If you want to be Jesus' disciple, if you want the empowerment, the full fruitful life offered by God, there's only one option. Unconditional surrender. Jesus said this, whoever wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses, surrenders their life for me will save it. This is the challenge, the lifelong challenge of living a spirit-empowered life. You know, the demand of self-surrender, dying to self is at the center of the good and beautiful spirit-filled life. It's not an upwardly mobile achievement. No amount of self-help, no amount of muscling in our own strength, no amount of self-advancement can produce this life. God placed the relinquishing, the letting go of control, the death of self-sufficiency, the surrender of ego at the very center of the spirit-empowered life. And this demand... It is the hard stuff of a truly Christian spirituality. But it's absolutely necessary. No one wants to surrender, do you? You know? No one. No one wants to die. But Jesus said there's, there's no way around this. He stated it plainly. Very truly, I tell you. In other words, he said, I really mean what I'm saying right now. Listen up. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Follow my example. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now, of course, Jesus was was about to go to the cross, and that was the, 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 the ultimate example of this dying to self. However, he's making this... As a, a, a template for this new life that he was delivering to us. This is part of the mystery, the mystery of the kingdom of God. Death has become this letting go, this surrender is the mechanism that sets the gospel life in motion. It seems that grace only works on those willing to lose their lives. God can only resurrect the dead. And this is, this is the prerequisite, Jesus is saying, for gospel living. It opens the way to resurrection living and being filled with God's spirit. This is a new way of being human. And it takes a lot of getting used to. That's to say it lightly. But Jesus paved the way for us. He became a model for, a prototype for us to follow. He pioneered this self-emptied life. Paul wrote, and I'm reading from the, the message Uh, Translation Think Think of yourselves This is from Philippians chapter 2 Okay Think of yourselves The way Christ Jesus Thought of himself He had equal status With God but didn't think So much of himself that he had To cling to the advantages Of that status No matter what Not at all When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death, the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. This is the self-emptying example that you and I are to follow. Have the same mind as Jesus had. Think the way Jesus thought. See life from his worldview. That's what Paul is is saying here. This passage is filled with a a lot of theology, but Paul isn't trying to be a um, theologian here. He's he's trying to be a good pastor to help us understand how to live the gospel life in a selfish, self-centered world. urging us to develop the same selfless mindset that Jesus had. He emptied himself of all ego, all ego struggles, wants, demands, and chose instead to set aside all his privileges, all his advantages of deity, and become fully human, like you and I. He experienced life like you and I, yet without sin. With all its limitations, and humbly lived a life as a servant for our sake. Everything Jesus did, everything, he did by self-emptying. Self emptying was his center of gravity. Everything about him hung together around that center of self sacrifice, self denial. In every life circumstance, he always, always, always responded with the same downward motion of humble self emptying that produced his, this miraculous life of love. So Paul, after painting that picture, he goes on in the same passage to say this. Therefore, whenever you see that word, therefore, always look why it's therefore. There's a, that's a hinge to what went before and what will come after in any passage. So he says, therefore, having said all of that about self-emptied life, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. This is my part in the spirit-empowered life. If there's a necessary effort on my part, this is it. I'm to follow Christ's example. His sacrificial death on the cross is not not just a pattern to be followed. It's it's an achievement to be put into practice in our daily living through our self-denial, through sacrificial love every day in our lives. This is how we practice the cross. This is how we grab a hold of everything that was achieved on the cross. (coughs) I must bring my soul life, my ego under God's control. How? How? By humbling myself, letting go, by dying to myself and practicing self-denial like Jesus did. One author calls this letting go, this humbling myself before the Lord Active passivity. That sounds like an oxymoron. Two words that don't belong side by side. Active passive. You know, how does that work? Active passivity. Remember Mary, mother of Jesus, at the immaculate conception. The story is found in Luke, right? The angel comes, makes that announcement, that incredible, crazy announcement that she's going to give birth to the Savior, A virgin. Mary, the mother of Jesus, yielded herself to the Holy Spirit's creative work in her body. She was passive in that work of God. She did nothing. But this wasn't resignation or inactivity. This was an active, on her part, an active exercise of faith. Faith. She believed, she trusted God's promise and acted upon on that promise that was being made to her by gladly, here's the act, by gladly yielding herself to the Spirit. And in the same way, we're to work out the gospel life planted in us by the same Spirit, by practicing the same humble, active passivity every day, trusting and cooperating with God's Spirit who now lives in us. This is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment thing, the way it was for Jesus. But if we're honest, most of us, live most of the time as though the Holy Spirit wasn't there. And that we're actually still in charge of our own lives. And when I'm living that way, I'm resisting. I'm living in unfaith. And to be honest, I, I can... I can vacillate between faith and unfaith, trust and mistrust at any given moment. One moment I'm acting out of obedient trust, the next I'm living in unfaith and distrust, letting my ego needs control. And in all of this, I have a choice. Just the way Mary had a choice. Just the way Jesus had a choice. And that's the active part of this active passivity, making the choice. When I'm living out of my own ego, I'm choosing to live from my own strength, my, you know, under my own energy and power. I am my own center of gravity, trying to save myself, secure myself, become a success, make a a success out of myself. And when I do that, I inevitably come up short. Now this has everything to do with living the Spirit-filled life. This is why I'm starting at this place rather than talking about praying for the sick and the gifts of the Spirit and all of that. We start here. It's all a matter of control. Who's going to be in charge of me? Who am I going to allow? to run my life, especially when I'm anxious, especially when I'm under pressure. The spiritual life is the life in which Christ is actively in charge of my life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That sounds crazy but we have to empty ourselves to become more fully human like Jesus was. It's that paradox. What might it look like if instead of working to build ourselves up, we devoted our energy to actively, to consciously emptying ourselves? relinquishing control, letting go of our own willing and running things and desiring things. What if most of our praying was devoted to (coughs) emptying instead of obtaining and acquiring? What if we spent more time confessing our own willfulness, stubbornness, need to control, Owning up to our habit of always trying to win, always trying to be right, always trying to look strong, to be in control, to understand even the mysteries of God. What if we spent time acknowledging all the ways that we've been working in our own strength, muscling our way through problems and the challenges of life, And then giving that job of controlling, of securing, of moving us through life, handing it over to the Lord, saying, it's all yours. I'm small. I can't manage all these things myself. You take it all. You take over. Do an act of confession. I saw we had silent confession. Confession is a big deal, it's a helpful thing. Do an act of confession. I acknowledge my weakness, my my dependence, my need of God. Do confession. I relinquish control of my life. I I relinquish it to him. I become less, he becomes more. And as a result, I'm filled and empowered by the spirit instead of self. So it turns out, living a spirit-filled life, which we are commanded by Paul, In Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit doesn't mean that I get more of the Spirit. He gets more of me, more control. He gets more room in my life to influence me, to run my life. Prayer of this sort of confession puts things back in their proper order. I am human. God is God. And as my my day unfolds, these prayers help me to watch where God is at work and how he calls me, weak as human as I am, to respond, to live alongside of him partnering with him in this life. It could be painful to hand everything over to him, to hand over everything I've been trying to accomplish on my own, every way that I've been protecting myself. It goes against my programming, my culture, and it brings me to a vulnerable, open place. And when I let go, at times I feel exposed, raw, like something is being put to death in me. But in this way, I'm clearing the way. You know, I'm clearing out selfishness that builds up and, and clutters my soul and makes and and instead makes room for the Holy Spirit to have his way in my life. And once I've set aside my own efforts, I come to an open, quiet place where I'm only human and, and my need for him is plain to see. When we empty ourselves of all our efforts, at playing God. God is free to fill us. He's free to lead us into that good and beautiful, Christ-shaped, spirit-filled life that we all long to live. And so, I start each day by confessing my need and my dependence of God that's how i start out it's a habit that i've developed and i recommend it it works it keeps me open and attentive and responsive to god's spirit who is at work in and around me all the time but because i when i'm self-focused self you know filled with self i don't pay attention I don't feel a need. So as a closing exercise this morning, let me give you an example of the type of prayer that I'm talking about, all right? And as I pray these words, they'll be, they'll be up on the, on the board, right? Maybe we could stand, and, 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 and I'm going to read them out loud, but you can make these words your own. And, Something very similar you can go through every day. It's just handing over control of every area of my life to God. Every day. Okay? That's what I do. Here we go. So Lord, come. Father, I lay before you, my family. Here are the people I want to understand, the relationships I want to fix. I often feel inadequate. I confess the ways I try to be all-powerful. I confess the ways I try to be you. I confess I am human. Father, I lay before you my work. Here are the places in me that are frustrated. Here are the things that are beyond me to do, to be, that make me anxious, grasping, compulsive. I confess the ways I try to be all-powerful. I confess the ways I try to be you. I confess that I am human. Father, I lay before you this world. Here are the places that break my heart. Here are the situations that seem broken beyond repair, that make me feel angry, distressed, and powerless. My brokenness drives me to act in ways that add to the brokenness. I confess the ways I try to be all powerful. I confess the ways I try to be you. I confess that I'm just human. Father, I lay before you my own heart. There are so many things I want to be, so many ways I want to grow, so many sins I want to leave behind that make me feel hopeless and small, stuck in a rut, I will never be good enough or understand enough. I confess the ways I try to be all-powerful. I confess the ways I try to be you. I confess that I'm human. You are God, I am small. I need you, give me what I need to follow you. Take more of me so I can be filled with more of you. Amen. Before we sit, before we end, I just want to just stay, be still in his presence. He has you in his hands. All the details of your life, He has them in his hands. That's what it means by abiding in him. And I pray this morning that for some of you that haven't felt the hand of of the Father, lovingly embracing you, letting you know that you are safe and secure, you can trust him, You can surrender control to him. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring that beautiful, warm embrace of his spirit to you. And I want you to just relax. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to beg. You don't have to, you know, do anything but receive active passivity. Come, Holy Spirit there are some here this morning that that it's been a long time since they felt your warm embrace would you come holy spirit come pour out the love of the father once again letting us know, bearing witness deep inside of us that we can let go and trust you with everything in our lives. We are yours. We let go. We open our hands and allow you to come and control us. Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us that gift of your presence with us. Keep reminding us through the day, through the week, that we can trust you with everything and surrender and be filled with you and your love. Amen.